Hello everyone, this is Mike Andy. You're listening to the Business Boot Camp Podcast, and this is my second rerun of this episode because I just recorded the whole thing and then found out that it didn't record properly. So, let's try this again. Uh, essentially, what we're going to be doing today is uh, taking a question from the online uh, portal that someone sent in, and you always can go to Business Boot Camp Podcast and send me a question. And today, before we get started though, I wanted to make sure everyone out there has the opportunity to get onto businessbootcamppodcast.com slash book and sign up for the launch team because I finished the transcript on the book this week and next week we're going to be sending that out to the launch team. So make sure if you haven't already, get onto businessbootcamppodcast.com slash book and sign up for your free copy because as soon as we send it out to the launch team, you will no longer be able to get the book for free. So make sure you do that. And uh, looking forward to the book. And if you haven't heard of it already, we're, the book is called The Young Entrepreneur, I mean, sorry, The Millennial Millionaire. And it's The Young Entrepreneur's Guide to Breaking Out of the Middle Class. Now, today we got a question coming from Steve. And Steve has kind of two different things I want to address. First off, he has a business question. And secondly, he has some observations and things that I want to discuss. Now, let's first read his question. And as always, you can get onto the website and leave a voice note. Or you can send in a question via text uh, from the website. So let's talk to Steve here. Uh, he sent this in via email. So I'm just going to read it. It's fairly lengthy and I'm going to break it into two parts. But let's go ahead and go get started. All right. So it says, uh, Hi, Mike. I am now gathering data for a transitioning a hobby into a part time business with a goal of becoming a full time small business in five years or less. My question is around ensuring I focus my efforts on an appropriate business model with which provides the best chance of early traction. My company reduces the amount of organic waste sent to landfills and instead transforms it into a premium compost product. I have, a, I have narrowed my initial focus to two primary business models. One, charge residential clients a small fee for a collection service where I pick up provided containers with the organic waste on a regular interval, something like monthly or weekly. I then compost the material collected on a large scale for distribution. The distribution can be a combination of monetizing and give it away for free to existing clients of the collection service or perhaps community gardening projects. This is a year-round service model and less subject to a seasonal peak volume cycles around the growing season. It would require hundreds of clients for the business to support itself. Number two. The second option for his business model is collect organic waste from commercial and or residential clients for free. Create the compost material and sell compost through wholesale and retail distribution channels such as farms, mar farmers markets, landscaping companies, or garden nurseries. This model would have strong seasonal peak periods. The demand would also require an educational component to drive sales. Then he goes on. I have not been able to reliably test the consumer market for a pickup service so far. I do favor the more direct community impact of this collection service model versus focusing effort on distribution. However, though I get good feedback from people about the collection service, that doesn't necessarily translate to a market willing to pay for the service every month. On the distribution side, there is some competition both regionally and nationally. However, with careful branding and marketing efforts, there could be niche market opportunities. To make the best use of my time, how could I determine which business model is the better way to initially focus my efforts? 
and move the business forward? Do either of these have an efficient way to test the market appetite as I focus my early efforts? All right, so essentially what Steve is telling us here is he has two different business models for this, this uh, company. Essentially, the first one is to charge residential clients a fee of, say, $10, $15, $20 a month, whatever it is, to pick up their weekly uh, compost. And when I say compost, like, you know, your banana peels, apple cores, whatever is can be decomposed into a really nice soil for gardens and uh, pro landscaping projects like that. And so uh, definitely, you know, something that we've got, we get involved with because we have compost on our site and we sell that all the time. So that's his first model, though, is to you know get a bunch of people to be on this subscription kind of model that where he picks up all their compost, then he takes it to his site, mixes it all up, and then gives them a set amount each month or whatever, and then is also able to sell it to other community gardeners and local residential people that are trying to help their lawns or gardens. And then his second business model is the one where he gets all, it's really focused on distribution and what he means by that is it's all about picking up large volumes of this compost up for free but then making the money on the back end by just selling it to everybody and selling it in larger quantities and uh, so that's kind of his two different business models one the smaller subscription model and then secondly focusing on the distribution aspect of it getting larger quantities and thus being able to get larger contracts and sell in bulk so Steve this is what I would suggest doing because you're not asking me which one's more profitable which one become come, can become larger you're asking me in the next five years which one is going to be the most efficient use of your time money energy and resources and so for that reason I would suggest the first one to start off with. I think you can really transition from going from that that smaller subscription model into that larger one. But the reason I would suggest starting off with the small one is, yes, it's going to be tough because you're going to need 100 to 200 recurring customers. And I'm going to tell you in a second how to get there. But the reason I like this uh, this this first model better is you don't need huge amounts of equipment or land or resources to get started because if you go into that second model where you are going to be taking on commercial contracts large volume you're gonna need equipment like tractors and stuff for loading you're gonna need very large uh, equipment for picking up large amounts of compost at the different commercial site uh, customers and you're gonna need land for storing all the compost and turning it over because there's a certain amount of time it has to wait and it has to be turned over consistently. And you're gonna need some, probably a small office or structure to sell that from. And you're gonna need some sort of infrastructure for employees and all of that right off the bat just to get started if you're taking in large quantities. Now for that first model, you can be you probably do it with a pickup truck and you know make a a very uh, of some sort of a bin that stacks really nicely in each uh, inside of the pickup truck so that you can fit maybe 20 30 of them on one pickup truck and really you don't as long as you have any sort of land on your own you could really do this from your house if you have a little bit of land you don't need a huge amount of land and tractors and equipment and so the question is though how do you get a hundred or two hundred recurring clients off the bat um, because that's what you're going to need to sustain that business model, that that uh, subscription-based model. And so what I would suggest, Steve, is right now you're saying there's lots of interest, but you don't know if people are actually going to pay for it. What I would suggest doing is 
making sure that you pre-sale. And when I say pre-sale, you don't just ask people if they like it or if they are interested in it or whatever. You actually have a credit card authorization form that you go around with and you tell people about it in the neighborhood and then you say, all right, do you want to get started? We're going to be um, you know, starting this service in a month from now or say June 1st or July 1st or whenever and get a credit card and put them on file and that will that will be the best way to test your hypothesis when you actually make people start because it sounds great everyone likes it everyone's gonna say they like it it's a good thing in theory it's gonna help the community and all of that it's a great uh, green sort of technology green company with a mission and so everyone's gonna like it enjoy it but for people to actually pull out their pocketbooks of the different things. So the best way to really test this is to pre-sell it and actually require people once they say, oh yeah, that'd be a great idea. And then your next question is, all right, well, uh, do you want the monthly or the weekly pickup? And then now you really need to start selling and focusing on getting a credit card authorization. Because if you can get 100, 200 credit card authorization forms so that you know when you start day one in July 1st, June 1st, whenever you start, uh, that you already know you have a couple hundred people under your belt, that's going to be great. It's going to, you'll know right from the get-go that you've got your bills covered and things like that. And you can, I would use something like Stripe.com to uh, store all of those credit card uh, credit card numbers and things uh, just to encrypt them correctly and all of that. Uh, but then I would slowly transition into that second one because the, where you are focusing on the distribution, getting large commercial clients and things like that. Because if you can get a massive corporation like that has a thousand employees or a campus of you know a large tech firm or even a refinery or something like that that has all of this compost that you could collect, like dump truckloads every week, uh, that's where the money is going to be. And so if you can pick up for free and they, you can kind of make it really the pitch to them is they're doing uh, something for the environment and then they're also inbreeding and, and, and fostering this culture of uh, being kind to the earth, being green in their workplace. And then they're also saving money on garbage disposal. So that's how you sell it to the large you know, uh, commercial companies and large factories or places where people are working. And that's where you can get massive amounts of compost and then take it for free go mix it at some sort of land or place that you have and then sell that on a larger scale because you can sell you know really good compost for anywhere between 30 and 50 dollars per yard and but a yard is quite a bit uh, of compost and so you're going to need a large quantity of compost and you're going to need those large commercial clients but I think the best way to start this one is to start small to start with a subscription based model and that model is awesome because recurring right so as and it's great word of mouth too I bet if you started say July 1st with a hundred customers I bet you'd have 200 within a month just because people would start talking about it and once you deliver some compost to them or no they can come pick up compost or whatever uh, it's gonna the word is starting gonna start to spread and I like the model that you have there of picking it up for a small fee so you're making money there and then they have to come to you to pick it up and they get some like say say if someone pays fifteen dollars a month they get all their compost removed and then they also get say three buckets five gallon buckets of compost every month and so they can buy more 
or if someone doesn't have the collection service they'll have to pay for those buckets so you can kind of make money on both ends and then of course you're gonna get some people that get the collection service and you they pay you $15 a month or 20 whatever it is and then they don't actually come pick up the dirt or the compost so that's where you'll, you'll make even a little bit more, better margin and so but that's fine because some people will do it because of the collection service part some people will do it because they want the compost some people would do it because they want to help the environment and so all of those people will pay you some sort of a subscription fee and I think that's a great model uh, and but I definitely think to scale to grow once you start needing employees and things you're gonna need a larger volume and you, I think you can still do that first one where you do the collection service and all that, but the second one is where the money is going to be at and where you could scale across a, a county or across a state and really make it into something big. But that's really up to you if that's even what you want to do. And so that's that. Um, I wanted to get in the second part of what Steve talked about. So after his question, he said he kind of mentioned about uh, well, I'll just read it. He said, I thought it's best to drop you an email for my question since I seem to be out of your age demographic for the podcast. I only recently discovered it and have really enjoyed it so far. Thanks for putting in the effort to help people. I would love to someday see a complimentary pod. Sorry, let me say that again. I would love to someday see a complimentary podcast service that serves the other end of the age spectrum as yours does for young entrepreneurs. I think there are so many people with good ideas and experience who are stuck in the cubicles of America. Unfortunately, the risk involved in that stage of life for most people prevents them from breaking out of the middle class, as you have put it. I have championed this notion many times. If they're comes a day when someone figures out how to harness the experience and resources of one end of the age spectrum and pair that with the risk capability of the other end of the spectrum, I think the next level startup boom will occur. So that's pretty cool insight, and I, I totally agree with you, Steve. Um, I do know that we tend to, our demographic here on the podcast tends to be a younger demographic, young entrepreneurs. The book, the title has young entrepreneurs in it, the Young Entrepreneur's Guide to Breaking Out of the Middle Class. But I, I totally agree with you because I really think that older people have the experience. A lot of times they have the resources because they've worked and they might have assets and things that they can put into a startup. And especially the experience aspect of it, they have so much more experience. So really, I think entrepreneurs, their success rate actually goes up with age. And so I think the podcast really is to help people who don't have that experience, and typically that's going to be people that don't have the the age demographic is going to be lower just because they don't have work experience, they don't have startup experience. However, that being said, I think that older individuals that have work experience, that have some assets that they can put into a company or that have worked in corporate America and bring those skills and perhaps some savings into creating a startup, they're going to have a higher success rate just because of the amount of experience that they do have. And I definitely don't want to isolate or uh, ignore the fact that there are entrepreneurs out there that aren't young they're going to be middle-aged or even older even people who are retired but I really don't think that they can't do it I what I'm saying is they can uh, what I'm saying is that they have so much more experience so much more a lot of times they have more drive and, and willing to really put their head down and do things because they are they have seen corporate America and they're tired of it usually people who are young people like me we have I haven't had to work for years and years in a nine to five grind I haven't worked at a job that I hated for years uh, and so 
sometimes that creates kind of a, a lackadaisicalness or a laziness in our in our youth because we haven't had to experience what it's like to not work for ourselves or to be working at a job that you hate, you aren't passionate about, that you can't get along with the people you're working with. And so for an entrepreneur that's starting when they're older that has had those experiences, I really think they can use that as a fuel and as a pa- as a drive to make sure that they never get have to go back to their other job or that they never have to go back to a middle class mentality. And so by all means Steve is on the right track and I just reading his email, I before I even got to the end where he talks about how he's a little bit older, I could already tell that whoever this was was probably older just because of the way the punctuation was correct, the spelling was correct. It was very well set up, like all the paragraphs and everything was very nice. And so that's an advantage. Uh, and I don't think it's to say it's a disadvantage for young people because you're just, you're just going to be serving a different market. But if you are serving a market that requires good punctuation and values those sort of things, you're going to have to you know, sure up on your skills. Whereas someone like Steve is already going to have the experience and he's, you know, obviously knows how to create an email and write. And so I don't think, I, I think regardless of someone's age, any sort of their demographic area, location, anything like that, age, height, weight, whatever it is, the shape of their body, whatever it is, um, I don't think that ever can be used as an excuse. And if someone says that it should be an excuse for you and they say, oh, well, you know, you come from a disadvantaged background and your family doesn't have money or you're too old or you're too young or whatever it is, I really think that we should just turn that around and say, no, that's actually my strength. That's what makes, that separates me from everybody else. And so if there's someone out there like Steve or someone else that's listening and saying, you know, Mike and all these young entrepreneurs and, you know, maybe it's just not for me. Maybe I don't have the drive. Maybe I don't have the passion. I'm going to turn it right around and say that's your differentiating point. That's what makes you unique. That's your unique selling proposition because you're going to be able to write emails like Steve just did, very articulate, very uh, well thought out, whereas someone like me might not be able to do that. It's not as well organized or something like that. I don't have the experience and or any young entrepreneur might or the, your competing young entrepreneur might not have that. So and if it's it's just you can do the exact same thing if you're younger and you're like well I'm too young, well guess what you're gonna have the 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 energy you're gonna have the youth you're gonna have the vitality you're gonna have the freedom to outwork and outthink and outmaneuver the larger older companies and individuals in your marketplace. So never ever let something of your past or some, a label that has been given to you dictate your entrepreneurial future, because uh, any you can really use it. Either way, it can be, yes, it can be your detriment. Yes, you can always think about it. Yes, it can be, you can use it as your limiting factor to the thing that always keeps you, holds you back. Or you can be, let it be the thing that propels you, the thing that drives you, the thing that's kind of uh, always prodding you forward. And so that that would be my encouragement for you today. And that's about it, everyone. Make sure you get onto the businessbootcamppodcast.com and join the, the book launch team. Uh, like I said, next week I'm going to be sending out that first draft that to all of the launch team and then, of course, the launch team will be closed. So make sure you get on there because you're going to get that free book and then after that it will be going on Amazon and uh, everyone will be able to buy it. So that's it for today. Episode 90, closing out. I can't believe we're at 90 already. 10 more and we'll be at 100. Can't wait for it. But that's it for today on the Business Bootcamp Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Andy, signing off.